you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. I hope things are well since we did our show last week. We had a show earlier in the week last week, so a little bit longer for you to wait since uh, we... We're last in your earbuds, but uh, I hope you're uh, all well and back to listen. As, as always, I'm joined on the show by my co-host here. It is Doug Moore. Doug, how are you? I just want to say, let's not discriminate against earbuds. I think that we could have people listening on Beats Audio or probably boosting around their surround sound their entire house because, you know, we're we're worth it. Uh, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, you know, obviously, week four of the preseason, roster cuts are less than two days away from now. Um, just under 48 hours, so got to be excited. Um, and then football returns, regular season, just a little over a week from now, which how can you not be excited for it? Yeah, definitely excited. I tweeted out at the start of the week, just to, I was excited to do this show, just because uh, so much news was coming out at the start of the week. So uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so we'll be running through all the news and notes uh, of the past week, and there is a lot in there. And unfortunately, as I mentioned on the last couple of shows, a lot of it injury-related. Doug, you mentioned... Uh, people listening around their entire house listening to the podcast hopefully we're not tormenting any families out there and uh, maybe some people are also listening we have, on we have voices so. of harmony our voices well i should say mine is yours as we talked about off the air well we'll see but we, we bring Saxon. joy we bring joy to people's eardrums no matter where they may be and there's uh, another guy at the end of the line, and he also brings joy to people's eardrums. That's, we're trying to be a trio of joyfulness uh, on today's show. Of course, of course. <laughs> Russell Clay on the other side of the line. Uh, Russell, how are things, my friend? Great. Uh, happy to be on. Uh, and hopefully we will bring some, you know, positive noise to the eardrums instead of, you know, just like screeching for 45 minutes or whatever you guys do normally without me. <laughs> so that's 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 the goal. We're starting off uh, with uh, trying not to hurt people's eardrums. But obviously as well, just, you know, we mentioned we joked about times of joy. Well, obviously over stateside there's a lot of tough times mm-hmm. at the minute with the flooding uh, down in texas so i just want a, a right. quick note there too uh, thoughts to all the people affected by that i know a lot of uh, there's a couple of followers on twitter and uh, other people involved in the fantasy football community i know joshua uh, on twitter at two lake qb uh, was affected uh, so lots of people just our thoughts going out to them at this moment in time uh, obviously starting the show i'd like to give a thank you to anyone listening to the podcast obviously we're available on itunes stitcher tune in available to stream on overtimeireland.com and you can find all the ways to listen to us uh, at the podcast link on overtimeireland.com so make sure you're subscribed and uh, come back each and every week and uh, you know starting off the show the last couple of weeks i've had uh, competitions during the week uh, but this week we have no competition but we're still going to have a couple of plugs as we start the show uh, thanks once again to gamestop ireland for our competition last week where we give away the copy of madden and as well to fantasyfootballtshirts.com who we give away a t-shirt uh, they are our official merchandiser for the the 2017 season so check out fantasyfootballtshirts.com and uh, just this week as we start off, we've got Amazon links and different banner ads up on the website of OvertimeIreland.com. And just go over if you're using any of those links. Check out what we've got going on there. There's a couple of free trials for Audible, for Amazon Prime, and then you can just use the Amazon links as well. So that is up as well on the OvertimeIreland.com website. So all the plugs out of the way. Let's get into it nice and swiftly and start off, Doug, uh, with you. And I know both you guys are based up in Boston, so uh, I know that's going to affect Doug anyway. I Julian Edelman had a complete ACL tear of his right knee. 
he's going to be out for the entire 2017 season and with the way his contract is structured uh, next year uh, and for the rest of his career obviously he's going to be 32 uh, this time next year so it's going to be a tough one for him coming back from as well it's uh, Doug it's obviously a very disappointing blow to the Patriots heading into the season Edelman's a, a big presence in that locker room and it's going to be a tough one firstly for the Patriots to get over and then for anyone who has uh, been drafting prior to now in, in uh, fantasy or else uh, if you have him in any dynasty rosters a, a tough blow for Julian Edelman yeah it, it's tough you know and um, obviously we've seen this before with Edelman he uh, you know suffered a foot injury back in uh, 2015 and it, it even in last season affected him a little bit he still played and everything but yeah just a, a tough blow and I've made arguments ever since uh, even before that how important Julian Edelman is to this team um, but just from a fantasy perspective it, yeah he he was heading into a season even with more mouths to feed for, for Tom Brady still was expected to probably get around at least 80 90 catches I think if he played a full you know 16 game season um you know, what that means fantasy-wise, at least dynasty. I'm not too concerned. I know people are saying, well, could the, the team move on from him? No, I don't think the team moves on from him. Hopefully he'll be ready to go for next season, but I think he'll still be with the Patriots. Hopefully Tom Brady will still be there. And, um, you know, I would think his fantasy value is probably going to maybe dip a little bit, but I, I think he could, uh, you know, return to form, you know, 80 90% of it, hopefully. Um, you know, Chris Hogan. Um, is a guy that's been talked about a lot as someone who's going to pick up some snaps, you know, pick up some potential fancy points from this. I tend to agree. Uh, Hogan played 30% of his snaps last year from the slot. Um, I think he'll play a little bit more, probably closer to 40. Um, I think he's a, you know, an, an every down or near every down player for the team now with Brandon Cooks on the other side. Um, and you'll see, you know, whether it's Malcolm Mitchell playing a little more on the outside, um, Hogan and, and, and Cooks are the main beneficiaries, I think, of this. Gronk, it really hasn't changed much for him. Uh, we could see more of James White, Deion Lewis, um, you know, those, or even Rex Burkhead, those type of receiving backs, which I know is already muddled enough. Uh, they could get some looks more on the line of scrimmage playing in that slot role. Um, so it, it's, there's no one clear benefact, uh, beneficiary of this. I think it boosts everybody, um, but it's a tough blow overall. Tom Brady, I'm not concerned about him um, as much as I would be if this happened, say, last year. So, overall, nothing seismic for New England in regards to any of their skill players in fantasy. But, yeah, really a, a tough blow just for the Patriots and obviously Edelman, of course. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, the, the dynasty value. It was somebody who this offseason... No, I, I hadn't had him in a lot of my teams prior to this offseason, but this year I felt there was a sufficient discount uh, going into it that you were kind of getting, you know, if you're a, a team contending, you were getting that uh, little bit of a discount to pick up somebody who was going to, as you mentioned, probably catch, you know, 75 to 85 passes this year and have that weekly, uh, you know, kind of floor more than anything. Uh, with what Doug said there, Russell, is there anything that you want to add into it? Do you think there's any other possible benefactors to it uh, with with the injury obviously happening? I, I thought Doug brought that broke that down pretty well uh in in terms of what i have to bring to the table i would just say i think it adds um a little bit of you know it makes brandon cooks and rob gronkowski's floor just higher for me um i don't necessarily see this as a big deal i do think this is a big loss for the patriots but 
just coming into this year, this is this is one of the best, you know, offenses I think we're going to see in a while. And I don't think, you know, losing Edelman is going to sidetrack that. Um, and, and, you know, as you mentioned, Chris Hogan, he's kind of been a big name. Uh, the running backs there, they have enough pieces. And they have, you know, Tom Brady there to sort of figure out the in-betweens because, you know, Edelman was mainly used to pick up those tough first downs and go over the middle and, and, you know, do all the dirty work and not saying those guys, guys like him aren't easy to find, but I think they can kind of patch it together. Um, Whereas when you lose a guy like Gronk, it's a little tougher, but um, as long as Gronk and Cooks are healthy, I think they're just going to roll. But you know, what's crazy is I was in a draft when this happened. Uh, I had my computer and Twitter open and I was getting the updates, but you know, Edelman got drafted early in the draft I was in because nobody knew. But it, I was in a draft as it happened. It was it was terrible, you know. Yeah. And the, the, you see it as well if you're drafting MFL ten throughout the off season. You know, sometimes you get messages on Twitter, people sending you a tweet to say, "Hey, it's your pick. Hurry up and make it." But you know, when there's preseason games going on and you have that uh, eight hour clock, or you, you know, you're, you're on a longer draft time. You're always, and even if you're in a shorter draft team, you should always be uh, checking for those updates because things happen very, very quickly, as we've seen this week. And mm-hmm. moving on to that next injury up, a couple of three of real serious note, but the second one, Spencer Ware diagnosed with a torn PCL, and he will have season ending surgery. He got a second opinion uh, just uh, over the last two days, and he's going to go under the knife. So that puts uh, third-round rookie Kareem Hunt as the unquestionable kind of starter and workhorse at the moment. Obviously, Kendrick West there, but I think Hunt's going to get uh, a real, real crack at this. So I think he pretty much goes straight into that RB uh, you know, kind of late end, kind of around the maybe twelve to sixteen range, and maybe some people have him higher at the moment. But just as the, the as coming in as a rookie, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure about pulling the trigger fully. And I think some some part of the reason is I haven't pulled the trigger fully is I I was big big in dispenser wear this year and uh, somebody who I had uh, a lot a lot of belief in. So I had I had him penciled in for a big big season. How uh, I'll let Russell go first. How do you see? Uh, Kareem Hunt doing now I know a lot of people have uh, really started even pre even pre this was a lot of people thought that he could come in and take that job off where this season uh, you a Hunt are you a big Hunt fan so I wasn't big on either of these guys going into the year I did like Hunt and his college profile but uh, in terms of year one I kind of thought where was going to have you know a pretty strong hold on on the touches at least the carries my my view was that Hunt was maybe going to shift into a third down role by the end of the year. But obviously, I didn't expect a feature role. And this is just a bad break for people who are drafting Spencer Ware. I mean, the process was there. And obviously, he showed signs last year. So uh, just a tough break. In terms of Kareem Hunt, though, uh, pretty nice uh, college profile obviously doesn't have the elite athleticism. But uh, in terms of college production, I mean, you go back to 2014 uh, when he was a sophomore and he had one of the most prolific um, running back seasons of of any college running back in the past decade so averaged like 8.5 yards per carry for the season Um, so I mean he has been pretty spectacular at Toledo at a small school tough to judge how he's going to make this jump Um, I tend to you know be a little wary of you know, anybody in year one of 
their career just because, you know, it's hard to transition to the NFL. But now that Ware's just totally out of the picture, I, I just don't see how he doesn't get a ton of touches, either good or bad, you know? Yeah, so you mentioned people who uh, were high on Ware, and um, I mentioned already I was just looking through uh, my roster construction here at the moment. I have in Dynasty Leagues, I have uh, seven Dynasty Leagues, I have 60% uh, exposure to, and then looking through uh, MFLs, I have 25 leagues done, and I have uh, 25% of Ware. So I think a, and I, oh, no. a, lot, a, lot of, a lot, a lot of stock in them. But, uh, you know, these things happen. Sometimes uh, you get the luck, sometimes you don't. So we'll see how it goes. He's really the first player I've owned this year that has picked up a player with significant stock and that has picked up an injury so i know doug uh, you liked where as well i do like where and it's tough because i i thought that even with hunt coming in i i still thought that where had a pretty strong like russell said a pretty strong hold on on the on the carry side of it um i i would caution people and and it's kind of tough because there's you know there's there's good and there's bad to this um good is that We've seen it in, in, in years past with Andy Reid as a head coach that when he has a, a number one guy, they've usually been very, very good in fantasy. Um, whether it was Brian Westbrook or LaShawn McCoy in Philly, um, whether it was Jamal Charles in, in Kansas City, and then Spencer Ware a little bit, not to as much of an extent. But, um, you know, obviously those those number one guys for, for Andy Reid, especially in offense where they literally have – really no offensive weapons at least at wide receiver um i guess you could call tyree kill a wide receiver i don't know but then also travis kelsey and that's about it um so you know things are looking up for him but i have this feeling and i've talked to a couple people about this i wonder if the team actually tries to get a running back um because i don't trust their depth tarkander quest is sort of there he he's really fallen out of favor and cj spiller we almost hear this every year. He looks really good in the preseason and training camp, and then he bottoms out. This we saw this in New Orleans, too. <laughs> no, right, yeah. So <laughs> I, I do wonder if they actually try to get a running back. I'm not saying they're going to go and get a, uh, a David Johnson or something. Like they're not going to get a top-tier running back. But I do wonder if they go and try and get a guy who can sort of maybe taper off some of the touches that Kareem Hunt would get if he was that sole guy for them. Um, I, I do wonder, because I don't really like their running back depth when you have a rookie on top and then two sort of journeyman type players behind him, um, it's tough to get behind that. So I do wonder if they do that. So especially for a guy like me who typically tries to draft after week four, this is something to keep an eye out for. No, it's it's interesting. Obviously, you mentioned we'll be talking maybe about some potential cuts later on in the show, but with the cuts coming up, with uh, you know, obviously Ryan Matthews got cut a few weeks back. There's players still on the on the wire, you know, like uh, that's a good that's uh, a good name actually. Uh, yeah, Rashid Jennings is somebody who hasn't been uh, mentioned very often, and I know there mightn't be a lot left in the tank, but you're just looking for somebody to you know get you through a, a couple of weeks, and you do need that depth of running back throughout the season. So that's another good point. And you know, when you're talking about these injuries, uh, it's another reason why you try, like Doug mentioned to not draft uh, prior to week prior to week uh, four mm. of the preseason so that's obviously a tough one the next injury up is Cameron Meredith uh, obviously with the Chicago Bears a torn ACL uh, and it was kind of quite a, a gruesome injury to watch uh, against the Titans last week uh, like Teddy Bridgewater last year looks like he's going to miss at least well, he's definitely going to miss the entire season he's questionable for week one of 2018 so it's always uh, very disappointing to see any talented player get injured but Meredith uh, had an opportunity this year to be the number one wide receiver uh, you know and he's heading into a year that he'll be going into free agency so 25 next month and uh, you know now that gives a huge opportunity to Kevin White somebody who 
hasn't done anything and we've talked about it a few times in the show here hasn't done anything since coming into the league it's interesting now to see what Kendall Wright will do with Chicago and then Marcus Wheaton is still there uh, how do you see this Russell uh, breaking down is there any wide receivers that you're excited about now uh, in Chicago and were you excited about Mary that's prior to the injury <laughs> So for about three years now, I've been waiting for this fella named Kevin White to be a good uh, NFL wide receiver. And, um, you know, I had accumulated a lot of dynasty shares over those years um, and was kind of banking on him, you know, being in that number two role this year and hopefully showing some signs of, you know, being a competent NFL receiver. Obviously, this is terrible for Cameron Meredith, especially uh, broke out last Last year obviously showed NFL skills, but you know, as an undrafted free agent, um, you kind of have to worry about him. You know, he didn't get paid yet. He's coming. He's going to be coming off a major, major injury. Obviously, we all, you know, unfortunately saw it. So I'm, I'm kind of worried about his career. I think he'll get another shot, but you know, he was really primed to be. I mean, arguably the clear number one receiver on on an NFL team. Um, I'm I'm wondering if he ever gets that opportunity again. Um, but in in terms of the guys that are there, I mean, I think Kendall Wright, when he's been healthy, he's been a good receiver. Um, Marcus Wheaton's had signs as sort of a, a third or fourth option in an offense with the Steelers. So. I actually don't think they're as bad off as most people think. Um, I also think Adam Shaheen, their rookie tight end, might be able to contribute a little bit. But, um, you know, it's going to be a rough year for the Bears. I think we knew that going in, even with Meredith. Uh, but I, I do think Kevin White's intriguing, especially, you know, pretty much everyone thinks he stinks now. So his price is pretty cheap. I, I, I think, you know, you're looking at at least a hundred to 120 targets for him. So with that type of target share, I think you, you got to at least think about it late in redraft. But um, yeah, other than that, you're not loving, you're not loving anyone. I don't think. Yeah. It's amazing how, you know, with white, you know, with like the likes of Perryman with even Treadwell last year, how quick mm-hmm. people have just jumped off these players. You know what? I always like to give, uh, particularly tight ends, I usually give them kind of a three to four year time from coming into the league till they start producing. And with wide receivers, you, uh, you know, everyone used to say, you know, second year breakout, third year breakout. But now if you don't uh, have a phenomenal first season, you're kind of, you know, nobody wants you anymore. So it's going to be interesting, especially as you mentioned, if he does hit that 100 target uh, mark this year, you know, he, he just the opportunities there and the targets there. So he, he's going to be worth, uh, you know, as obviously his, his ADP is going to climb now, but if people were interested in him earlier in the offseason, maybe picked him up in some trades, I think there's going to be value for them this season. Uh, next up, I'm going to run through three bits of news here, and then I'm going to let Doug uh, have first crack at which one he wants to talk about. Uh, Jamal Charles, uh, a lot of people were talking prior to, uh, the week three of the preseason that he needed a big show and to uh, keep his roster spot with the Denver Broncos he had a nice game uh, 42 yards on six touches so after the game coach Vance Joseph said the Charles had cemented his spot on the roster so he's there with CJ Anderson and Devontae Booker and you know uh, pretty much anyone that plays uh, fantasy football watches football uh, loves watching Jamal Charles play so uh, he looks to uh, have a little bit of a spring in his step. He's not obviously the player that he was two or three years ago, but somebody who uh, you know I'm very interested to see how he does this year uh, for the Broncos. Then we have uh, Matt Forte, and uh, it seems like the Jets are gauging the market and see if they can get anything for him in a trade. Obviously, the team uh, is in complete rebuild mode, so with a, a veteran running back like Forte, 
Um, I think they're they're going to try and move him on. He's entering the season age 32, and uh, a, lot, a lot of stock this offseason from the Jets' point of view being put in to Bilal Powell. It's going to be interesting to see if he can do it as a as a tree down back. Uh, they also drafted Elijah McGuire in the sixth round. Uh, his and Forte's entire uh, four million salary this year is guaranteed. So. Uh, if any team is going to have to take him on, they're going to have to take a portion of that with it. And then uh, it's more than likely that he might be one off the cuts this year. So somebody uh, will be, um, no doubt that he'll be one of the first names picked up off uh, off the, the scrap heap if he does get cut. And the last one is Ezekiel Elliott. He uh, has had his appeal heard this week. It's still ongoing. Uh, started on Tuesday, still going through. Really at this point in time, it's very hard to, to call what will happen because prior to the six-week suspension being announced, people thought that it might be a one-game or two-game suspension, and uh, obviously that really got jacked up with the six-game suspension. So we'll see what happens. It's very hard to speculate on that uh, as until we know. But uh, Doug, you, the floor is yours. Pick one of those and uh, have your say. Um, yeah, so I'm probably going to talk about... Um Matt Forte here, just because and I'll, I'll talk about him as a player but I'll also talk about the Jets um, so first off, I would have to say that at this point either the Jets are going to swallow that cap uh, penalty and they're going to release him if they can't find a trade partner or they're going to find somebody who will take him on and maybe the Jets take on most of the salary and they get like a 6 or 7 round pick I don't know, um, I, I don't think he makes this team, I don't think he's on the Jets week 1 do you think anyone makes? I don't. I can't see anyone actually making the trade. I think everyone expects him to be cut. You know, at the end of the week, it's tough because the thing you have to think about is if he gets cut, it's not a waiver situation. He can sign with any team he wants. So it's not like teams have the ability to go and choose. You know, put in waiver requests here. So he has the ability to choose wherever he wants to go. Um, and I don't think anybody – I think in the end no team will get him or, or pick him up by trade. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he will get outright released. They won't find a trade partner for him. Um, you know, c- considering his body of work last year where he got off to a really good start, but then he faded horribly over the, the rest of the season. And, you know, age is on it, isn't on his side and the contract. So I think he becomes a free agent. I think Kansas City's an option. I think San Diego is an option. Um, you know, there's probably a couple other, maybe Miami, where they all could use a number two or one B sort of running back. Um, so I, I don't know. I think a lot is going to hinge on where he goes, um, and that's fair for a lot of players. Uh, I don't think he's on the Jets, uh, but I think he has the ability to still be fancy relevant depending on where he goes because almost any situation he goes to is probably going to be better than than what he has right now. Um, in regards to the Jets, I'm going to still fight for Elijah McGuire. I don't think he's a starter, but he's one of the more... He, when he came into the draft, I don't know if Russell can, can back me up on this. When he came into the draft, I, I said that he was the most poly, the most pro-ready um, receiving running back in the, in the draft. We saw that at University of Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, course type of work, uh, but McGuire is a name to keep in mind with how few of options there are for the Jets um, between wide receiver and tight end. So I, I think Blah Powell is going to be a, a, a square uh, running back two conversation. McGuire um, may be a guy in PPR leagues people target late in the draft. I think maybe I'm a little higher than him on most, but that's how I sort of see it shaking out. 
Yeah, I, I really like Powell, and uh, I thought it was very interesting you mentioned Matt Forte. If he ends up uh, with the Chargers, I think that would be a very, very nice fit there. Uh, Russell, anything that you have to add to that, or do you want to mention about Elijah Maguire? Yeah, sure. I'll talk about Elijah Maguire. I was actually going to bring him up quickly um, before we talked about something else. You know, like like Doug mentioned, um, I mean, his freshman and sophomore season um, at the small school were, again, prolific. It was him and Kareem Hunt in 2014 that were like the guys who, you know, stuck out statistically. Um, and obviously that was quite a while ago. And, you know, things kind of fell off for him as his career went on. But Nobody would ever question him as a receiving down back, and I think he can, you know, pretty much click instantly as as someone who can take snaps. Um, and he's a guy, you know, he's not unathletic, um, you know, pretty much an average NFL running back athletically. Um, but if you look at this Jets team, I mean, by the end of the year, I think he is like a speculative pickup. Um, you know, if you're in a shallow dynasty league or, you know, just, I'd say keep him on the watch list for redraft this year. I I think he, you know, I hadn't really thought about him much, uh, until Doug brought him up, but you know, that's a pretty intriguing name to keep an eye on behind Powell. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah. He's definitely somebody as well as the season goes on the wear and tear on a, on a running back's body that. He's definitely somebody who's going to have to be at uh, you know the top of your watch list because it is all about the depth chart and that you know if Forte goes, mm-hmm. it's pretty much him and uh, Powell. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Moving on to the next bit of news, and we're going to run through some and uh, players coming back from injury. So it's a positive, I guess, on on this side of things. Uh, Devontae Freeman has cleared the con- concussion protocol for the uh, Atlanta Falcons, which is good news. Corey Davis and Eric Decker both returned to Titans practice on Tuesday, so uh, Davis pretty much missed the majority of camp with a hamstring injury since being drafted fifth overall so that's good news there Jordan Matthews insists he's gonna be ready for week one after fracture in his sternum in practice two weeks ago I still think that's a pretty optimistic self-diagnosis from Matthews himself so we'll see what happens there uh, Ravens coach John Harbaugh says he's very optimistic that Brashid Perryman will be ready for week one again at this stage of the season everyone's gonna be ready for week one it's like you know four months ago everyone said Andrew Luck will be back for the start of preseason <laughs> it's, e- it's easy to say that they're gonna be ready for week one it's the same as well with Joe Flacco it uh, looks like though he will be ready for Cincinnati come week one. Uh, that back injury obviously uh, picked up a few weeks ago. I think they have been taking their time with him and going on the time frame they give at the start. Uh, it is pretty accurate at this point in time. So he is somebody that the Ravens definitely need in there with. Uh, I don't think they want Ryan Mallett starting for them week one. Out of those, is there any bits that uh, interested you this week, or are you you know just that just happened and let's move on? <laughs> um, I would say fracturing your sternum sounds like a ridiculously painful thing to have and like i would be out for about six months if that happened to me um so you know good for jordan matthews doesn't sound like a big injury (laughs) exactly um you know beyond that i love marcus Mariota this year um and you know especially if he gets davis and decker back healthy i mean i think he's ready to you know potentially ascend and Corey davis is a guy who's going pretty late in redraft right now because of that injury and he hasn't been heard from i mean pretty much he wasn't even really around for the draft other than going top five you know he didn't test out or anything so he's a he's an interesting you know kind of flyer ish player to to look at i think he could have some nice upside in that offense yeah he's definitely somebody who you know pretty much since pre-draft has been uh, banged up and that's uh, 
you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with Mariota, but I'm not holding out a huge amount of hope. Justin, I'm coming in and starting off very fast. You mentioned Mariota. I'm I'm extremely, you know, I mentioned my shares of Spencer Ware earlier. I, I have more shares of Mariota mm-hmm. than I do of Spencer Ware. Just uh, I, I, at this point in time, you know, I think going into the season, you know, people are ranking him kind of as a, a top ten fantasy quarterback. I think this time next year, people will be looking at him as a, a top five option. I think he's really ready to ascend this year. You know, they've got him a couple of pieces now. Uh, you know, at the wide receiver position to to let him kind of flourish, and uh, you know, you're still going to get a good year. I think out of Demarco Murray this year. So the, the Titans, uh, with that offensive line, with the weapons they've uh, surrounded him with, surprisingly, the Titans uh, are starting to look like a, a real threat there uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how they go on offense this year Doug any of those that you want to quickly touch on um so we so we had obviously the the wider we had Corey Davis and Eric Decker so I'll talk about I'll talk about the um the Ravens here uh Perryman I can't get behind I don't trust him um it's even harder now that they brought in Macklin who I love yeah, there's literally I was going to say there's literally no talk of Macklin over the last Pretty much since he got Yeah, so training. that surprised me because when you look at this team, you look at the Baltimore Ravens, I believe over the past two seasons, they have attempted the mo- I think in each of the last two seasons, they've attempted the most passes out of any team in the league. Um, and when you look at this running back situation, it may even be worse than it was last year. Kenneth Dixon's out for the season. Um, you know, Terrence West is your number one guy. Um, I, I don't even know who else is there. Lorenzo. Calafario. Buck Allen would have. Buck Allen. It's, it's those usual names. With the usual names that are there, it makes me think that nothing is going to change about what the this team does offensively. Um, you know, you look at their tight ends, and they, you know, they're even worse off at tight end. They lost Dennis Pitta. Um, Max Williams is coming off a quote-unquote rare type of knee surgery. Benjamin Watson's coming off of an Achilles injury. Um, so it doesn't make me think that their, their tight ends are going to be more featured either. So it comes down to this wide receiver depth for me, and Brashad Perryman, I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be 100 percent healthy ever in his career because he gets hurt and everything is like three times longer than what actually should be to recover. I don't know why. So I think it's going to be down to to Jeremy Macklin, who I think could really be a big sleeper this year and a very pass heavy offense, and who's brought in to be their number one, number two, and Mike uh, Mike Wallace. I think those are the two guys that you should target, not not Joe Flacco, but those two guys, because I think that they're going to be heavily featured in a very pass-heavy offense where there's not a lot of threats to go around for targets because they really don't have the really you know deep wide receiver depth, I guess you could say, um, behind Macklin, Wallace, Perryman. That's really it. Um, so I really am buying those two guys. Uh, going into this year and Macklin like you said has not been talked about a lot I really think he could he could do even better than he did in 2015 when he was with the Chiefs in his first season yeah I think if he's healthy there's no doubt I think he has to do better uh, I think just the opportunities there from you mentioned the three wide receivers and I would rank them in the same order with Brashid Perryman at the bottom of that list so uh, it, it's just uh, I'm surprised at how quiet it has been around that maybe it's because Flacco's injured and people aren't talking about the Ravens but uh, definitely uh, those two are interesting candidates for me moving on now to the last section here as we go in uh, the Steelers made a kind of a bit of a splash uh, with a trade this week acquiring Vance McDonald from the 49ers on yes. Tuesday yes 
I know Doug has been a long time uh, proponent of uh, <laughs> pumping up Vance McDonald. He's somebody who the athleticism certainly there, but it just didn't really click from last season. So he's coming in. Uh, Jesse James is the tight end there for uh, the Steelers, and he's somebody who's not the most athletic either, but he has shown little glimpses that he can obviously be a red zone target for Ben Roethlisberger. But I think if uh, Vance McDonald can come in and stay healthy, I think he, he could have a real role there. Uh, the Browns coach, uh, Hugh Jackson, has said that Deshaun Kaiser is going to get a long leash after he was named the starting quarterback, so it's uh, a rookie getting a straight-off start in week one there, and then the Panthers uh, head coach Ron Rivera admitted that he isn't sure what to expect from Cam Newton next week in the season opener, so he attempted just two passes uh, since his uh, or in-game situations, rather, since his off-season shoulder surgery, but never a good sign when the head coach really doesn't know what's going to happen with the quarterback uh, when he takes to the field. Out of those, Russell, I'll let you go first, and Maybe you'll just steal all dogs thunder by going with Vance McDonald, but uh, where are you going on this one? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave the Vance to him. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want to talk about Cam Newton. I think he's he's a really interesting player in in you know where he's at in his career because he's sustained a few injuries now. We've kind of seen how Carolina does. They go as Cam Newton goes. So we see the years that Cam is hurt, they have a losing record and get a top 10 to 15 pick. And when he's right, you know, he's a borderline MVP candidate or an MVP and they go 14 and two or 13 and three. So you're really going to find out early on in the year, which Cam Newton we're going to be getting, you know, with that shoulder surge, barring something else happening but i love what they did in the draft which is they they grabbed two guys uh christian mccaffrey and curtis samuel who can help him out between the 20s so he won't have to run you know as much in the middle of the field uh i look at you know they're never gonna get away from cam newton at the goal line i just don't see how you you know stop using a weapon like that but between the 20s i feel like you could save him uh, for most of the year, get him a few less carries, but keep him, you know, throwing it deep to Kelvin. I think the Panthers are going to surprise people this year if, if Cam's healthy. So, um, I mean, I understand why you'd use caution here, and I think that's why Newton's, you know, ADP is kind of low-ish. Uh, but I, I kind of think he's an intriguing, like, contrarian sort of move especially you know if you play dfs early in the season or you're looking at a redraft and you want to snag a second qb or something like that yeah he's somebody who i think will have a bounce back from what he had last year i think he'll fall somewhere in the middle of last year and the year prior um, you know, you mentioned that I think there'll be less rush attempts. I think they just have to protect him because he's taken a real battering over the last two seasons. So I think it'll, it'll be more a case, as you mentioned, in and around uh, inside the 10-yard line. We'll see it maybe if he needs to pick up a few first downs. He'll do that with his legs, as you would expect. But just the amount of design runs that he tends to take in a season uh, might be cut down a little bit. And I think uh, they will bounce back as well this off-season, or this season as well. Um, Doug, I know you are a man with... Uh, Maybe we'll say Vance in your pants, but uh, what have you to say <laughs> about Vance McDonald's? So I want to clarify, I'm not a proponent of Vance McDonald so much as I'm a proponent of what a tight end in the Steelers offense can do. As we saw with Ladarius Green, mm-hmm. back, when back he on was that healthy, Doug. yeah, as when he was healthy late last season, he <laughs> was a big factor for them. Now, granted, he wasn't healthy that long, but when he was... <laughs> <laughs> he did really good. So Th- those two series where he was healthy, he was really good. 
Uh, it was like two games, but that's that's you know obviously. Um, no, I, I think that you know they needed to make a move like this. Jesse James, he's just not very good. He as I as I read, I think it was on Roto World. He's really good at catching the ball and falling down. That's it. I mean, you know, you you get a guy like McDonald, who obviously the team is making a big investment in because they're taking on his contract, which I think it was like five years, $45 million or something like that. It was a ridiculous amount of money that they, the 49ers signed him to. Um, so, you know, they didn't give up much in the trade, but they're taking on his contract, which I think his contract alone, um, and the fact that they're getting him this late in the preseason makes me think that they need him to step up and they need him to be a massive improvement over what they have at the, at a, as a receiver option at tight end for the Steelers. Um, you know, there's still some uncertainty about Martavis Bryant. I don't think he's actually been told by the NFL yet that he's cleared to play in regular season games. So I guess that's technically looming. I expect him to be fine, but still. Um, Le'Veon Bell is coming back, I think, um, today or tomorrow. I don't know. But, you know, Vance McDonald adds a red zone guy for a highly productive uh, offensive team, and I think that he'll quickly get more and more snaps over Jesse James. I think he becomes that that primary receiving guy for them. I wouldn't say he's more than, than a um, you know a, a two tight end sort of. Uh, um, I, I don't know what you would do, you know, a stash, but I think he could come on late in the season and be probably a top fifteen tight end if everything goes according to plan. That's where I sort of see it for year one at least. Uh, but it's certainly an interesting move, a move I think that the Steelers, like I said, had to make. Um, and this will be interesting to see how this fits. Yeah, it was a, that 49ers contract that he was given last offseason is pretty crazy when you look back at it uh, right now. I'm going to put both you guys as we finish up here on the spot, and uh, you can pick from either one. You can pick somebody who you think will be a surprise cut over the next two days, or you can pick... Uh, somebody you thought has benefited hugely from this preseason so far. I'll let you uh, go first, uh, Russell, if you want to jump in. Ooh, all right, you're throwing it right at me. No, no um, pressure. You know, I think in terms of guys who have impressed this uh, preseason, you know, Chris Carson is a guy for the Seahawks that is kind of getting thrown out there a lot. If he gets cut, I mean, you know, the Chiefs picked up uh, Spencer Ware from Seattle, you know, those, what was it, two years ago, three years ago. So, I mean, who who knows if they're looking for another back, maybe they could snag him. But, I mean, my guy this offseason um, and, you know, into the preseason has been... Devonte Parker, uh, he's been making some moves, and I, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him and Cutler in preseason. I'm ready to go. Yeah, Cutler seems to really uh, be in love with him at this point in time, so it's going to be a good, a good uh, rapport there, I think, between the two of those. Doug, have you a cut or somebody who you uh, think has done extremely well this preseason? So I didn't think this would be possible, considering how well he did in 2016. But from everything I'm reading out of Eagles beat reporters. I wonder if LeGarrette Blunt gets cut. Um, he, he really has done no favors for himself this preseason. He's done rightfully awful, I guess you could say. Um, and granted, obviously, like I said, he led the NFL last year in rushing touchdowns and was top five in carries. Um, so it's, it's really surprising. But I just think that when you look at this 
sort of team is so much different than how the Patriots run their offense. Um, they're asking Blunt to run more out of the shotgun and not behind a fullback, which is what he was used to a lot. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons. I just don't know if this is a good fit. I wonder if the team does try to look at running back options. Because um, I have seen from quite a few beat writers that, you know, Blunt has just not done himself any favors. And some of you can speculate whether or not he makes this team. I think he only signed a one-year deal anyway. I don't think with that many cap implications. So I do wonder if he gets cut just because he's just not a fit for this offense. And nobody seems to be able to get any production out of him besides the Patriots. Not saying he's going back there. He's not. There's no room for him. But I do wonder if he even makes team because I, I had high hopes for him in an offense where, um, you know, he, he definitely could, you know, not maybe get 18 touchdowns, but could get maybe seven or eight touchdowns and get a lot of first and second down work. Uh, so that would be my sort of surprise cut um, going into this weekend uh, with the Eagles cutting potentially Garrett Blunt. Yeah, I think Blunt, uh, I think he will get cut uh, this week. Uh, and one that I have here is, um, it probably comes as a surprise, but it obviously depends on how the Ezekiel Elliott news comes out. I think the, the Cowboys could end up uh, cutting bait with Alfred Morris. Uh, his salary uh, is $2.1 million this year and would free up $1.5 million in cap space if they did part ways with him. I think... You know, if it comes up a situation where Ezekiel Elliott's unlikely to miss the, any games this season and is pushed into the following season, I think uh, he becomes surplus to requirements. So I'll, I'll throw that one in there, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of days because there always is a couple of surprises thrown in there as to who does get released. And uh, as we come to the end of the show, obviously uh, Russell is on Twitter at Russell J Clay. Russell, anything? going on uh, this week or uh, over the past week or so that you want to give a, a plug to i i am se- a semi-retired uh nfl tout uh i'm enjoying my retirement working my nine to five and uh i have nothing to plug today uh, it must be refreshing uh, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and my, myself and doug always have something to plug but um over the last week or so, uh, with the work I'm doing with Rotoviz, uh, we debuted a new show called the Rotoviz Highlight Reel. We're, uh, we'll be highlighting, uh, it's kind of a 15 to 20 minute show each week, highlighting some of the pieces on Rotoviz, talking to the writers who write them, and we'll be talking about the apps on rotoviz.com. So definitely, uh, for the listeners, after you listen to this, make sure that uh, you go and listen to that. I recorded one yesterday with uh, Neil Dutton about uh, a recent piece. I mentioned to Sean Kaiser being the starter now in Cleveland. He was talking about how that affects, uh, in particular, Duke Johnson. Doug, anything, my friend uh, going on with you yeah yeah so i got plenty going on actually it's been a very busy week for me um myself and lee Schechter, we recorded another episode of locker room guys last night we talked about the julian edelman injury and we went over our final 53 man roster predictions um spoiler because i also did this for scout as well i wrote about um i wrote about you know the 53 man roster projection i i don't know how much this this shocks russell I don't have Jacoby Brissett making the final team, um, wow. and there's se- yeah, there's several reasons for that that I, uh, I I don't have time on air to discuss. So I have that going on on Scout um, on Pat's pulpit. I talked about um, you know bubble players going into tonight's game against the Giants. Um, a couple that could be fancy, not fancy relevant, but uh, dynasty really like Austin Carr, some maybe like DJ Foster, Jacob Hollister, who all have shown it at different times during the preseason that uh, they have some, some offensive skills. Um, I'm actually currently working on a piece right now uh, analyzing Bill Belichick's top 10 draft picks. Um, 
lo and behold, I'll, I, I don't think it's as much of a shocker. Tom Brady is the number one draft pick. But beyond really? that, I'm not revealing anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was going to I was going to say uh, Rohan Davey. But um, oh boy, they told they told me another another uh, quarterback is probably better there. So um, so I got a lot going on. Um, I'll probably review the game tonight um, on Scout uh, after the Patriots play in about an hour and a half uh, from when we're recording. Um, and you know, plenty going on this weekend with the uh, the cuts going on. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're gonna see twelve hundred almost players. You know, obviously, given their walking papers, um, you know, by Saturday at four p.m. Eastern. Um, hopefully 320 of those will be re-signed next day to practice squads. Uh, but still, it's going to be a tough time. But a lot going on, especially with the, the no 75-man uh, cut this time around, just 90 to 53. So it'll be hectic over the next few days with all the, the players getting released and, and waived and possibly traded. So it'll it'll be fun, but also hectic. So that'll be uh, something I'll be trying to cover for the Patriots as well. Yeah, it's, uh, this year's the first year was such a, a dramatic cutoff, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it how it all shakes out. Uh, it's going to be absolutely crazy over the next two days, and as Doug mentioned, all those players getting cut. Uh, some of them will latch on in practice squads, some of them will sign on with uh, contracts with other teams, but a lot of them, it could be the end of the road for them in the NFL. So it's all, always a, a tough time for uh, players and, and so on and so forth. So next week we'll be back, we'll be looking back at who has been cut, any surprise cuts and so on. And then of course, we'll also be looking ahead to week one of the NFL season. So week one is uh, just, just around the corner. Hopefully we get through uh, the rest of the preseason games without uh, any uh, injuries off note. And uh, until we're back with the next show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.